Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Usual Spot. Now, if you can't already tell, this is the second part of a two-part episode I had to split in half for time purposes. So if you'd like to be caught up with the conversation and want to hear what's going on from the beginning, then you check out part one, which was last week's episode, and then come back to this one. But with that being said, we're talking about Marvel video games and the general connectedness of all of them. Just like last time, I am here with KSSU manager and news reporter Odin Rasko, who is going to talk with me about the current state of the Marvel Universe in the video game industry, and where we think it might go from here. This episode specifically will be somewhat of a summative review of the Guardians of the Galaxy video game that came out just a few weeks ago by Odin. I have not played it myself, but he will be doing most of the talking on that portion. So without further ado, here we are because there's different companies and things like that, whether or not the properties will interact with each other is a far more nebulous question, especially when it's like a game, Spider-Man is created by Insomniac, but it's owned by Sony. Mm-hmm. And so, as always, Sony likes to be really protective of their IPs. So it's very unclear how much is going to happen, which I find very interesting as a problem. That's that's the hard part about thinking about any of these like broader implications with the universe of the games, right? It's like, if they canonize... If they say that the Avengers from the Square Enix Avengers game is the same Avengers from the Spider-Man game, but they can't do that with the Xbox or PC versions of the Avengers games. It's only canon if you play yeah. it on the PlayStation. So in that regard, it feels like they've put themselves into this situation where they can't really give Spider-Man a fully-fledged storyline in the Avengers game without pissing people off. Yeah, I mean, even the fact that he's exclusive to just one system, I think, is largely unfair to other people, where it's like, no, you're missing out on a tighter piece of content mm-hmm. just because you don't own a system. That's a rant that I could go on for hours. But uh, instead of doing that, do you want to hit on Guardians of the Galaxy real quick before I give you my broad meta thesis about the game? Yeah, that's 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 what I was trying to segue into anyway. So, so perfect. So, Guardians of the Galaxy came out quite recently. Mm-hmm. I think it's like one or two weeks now that's been out, and I've already spent like over twenty hours playing it because I'm bad with time management. Oh, same. <laughs> um, <laughs> that game surprised me because. This is the first game. It's coming out of the same studios. It's coming from Eidos Montreal. It's coming from Square Enix. Mm-hmm. Same group that published the Avengers game. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to lower my expectations for this one. Yeah. A lot. And then I get it on a whim. The whim was called depression. <laughs> um, but I, I start playing it, and I am incredibly impressed that the writing is of the same sort of caliber that we saw in the Spider-Man game. And you play exclusively as Peter Quill, but you sort of have this like power bar where you can get your other teammates to do special moves during combat. Like combat is, is largely basic, but so much of the game is actually exploration, Mm -hmm. but it's just, they paint these beautiful vivid space worlds and they're telling Again, a personal story that ties well into the the lore of the comic books and the movies, but is its own distinct telling. And I'm actively surprised by how much I'm enjoying the Guardians game. I'm not saying it's incredible, 
but I'm saying that it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. You keep coming back for more, no matter what you might complain about. It's always there, yeah. Yeah. It's also a linear story, which I really like. Like, it's not an open world, so I just, like, you mm-hmm. know, I'm playing the game, and at some point I will be done with the game. And as a college student with very limited time, I like having something that just sort of puts me on one track to experience a story and then be done. Yeah. Because I don't have much time. That's, yeah, that's something I've been opening. I've actually, this is going to be a whole other topic. Not to diss on the concept as a whole, but I'm a little sick of open world games right now. (laughs) There's so many of them, and I feel like that's kind of just become the standard. And, like, some things do it well. Spider-Man works as open world because New York City isn't that big in hindsight, like, compared to others. So it works, considering you can navigate the whole thing in, like, five minutes. But just in general, especially with Guardians of the Galaxy, which I assume has multiple planets you can explore across the the storyline right it's not even exactly exploring it's like long hallways with little offshoots that you explore yeah but yeah there's multiple plants that you see it, it paints very cool pictures and like really vivid environments um but you sort of go through them and then you're done mm-hmm. which is great and that sort of ties into my broader meta thesis why i wanted to talk about the marvel games with you yeah is that I find it fascinating that they almost act as a an excellent corollary to the MCU and that these games have a similar design philosophy that they are kind of middle of the road when it comes to actual gameplay. Like Spider-Man's traversal is excellent and unassailable, but when it comes to the actual combat and some of the story missions, mm-hmm. It feels samey to, like, say, Arkham yeah. Knight or something like it that. It is very derivative. Avengers game is very middle of the road, and the gameplay sort of feels like a muddled mix of other popular games you've played. Guardians of the Galaxy, the combat is, again, sort of middling. And then we have Spider-Man integrating, like, stealth sequences. Mm-hmm. We've got all these things where it's like all of the Marvel games are very actively trying to incorporate, like just elements from everything that they think people might like because they're very much trying to be a broad appeal product and i like popcorn i like popcorn movies like you know sort of empty things and that's what these games are Mm -hmm. there's good storytelling there's better storytelling than a middling game they do a good job with their lore and i appreciate that but when it comes to just core like the product that they are creating it's very clear that they are shooting for the middle of the audience. And it's it's just interesting how much that lines up with the Marvel movies, too. Or, like, we'll have distinct worlds and stories, and we'll tell them. And we have, like, a broad story that we're very proud of. But at the same time, a lot of their product, with, like, say, the exception of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, are largely homogenized. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, to me, I, I find it fascinating that even when they're giving these products to, like, different companies it's still sort of turning into like, no, we're making a semi-generic product that people will enjoy, but probably won't love. It gets, yeah, it gets to the point of like, would Guardians of the Galaxy be remotely successful if it was tied to a generic brand of original characters instead of being a Marvel property? Like, would the reviews... The film or the game? the, the, The game, specifically. I think that if it weren't for the characters that they are... Mm -hmm. If we just de-identified them, 
it would get decent reviews for its storytelling and its exploration, but the combat is so middling and so many elements are just so okay, it would definitely, it would not be a hit game. Mm-hmm. It, not at all. That's kind of that's kind of the feeling I've been getting. Like again, I haven't played it myself, so I'm gonna be frugal with how much I talk about it. But just based on what I'm watching about it, you know, the live stream reveals and all of the gameplay and everything I've seen, it it definitely looks like stuff I've seen before. I agree in the sense that a lot of it looks very derivative, and that's not inherently a bad thing if it's derivative from things that are fun to begin with. But it is. It does have. I agree about your parallels with with the MCU. Is that a lot of it is like, with some exceptions, there's some MCU movies that I think are genuinely like have merit as films, but those are definitely not the standard. Most of the time, like you know what you're getting into when you're buying a ticket for a Marvel movie. <laughs> like that's yeah. You you know what you're paying for, and I think that speaks to why it's so successful is that they've created a, an audience that is not expecting much to begin with. <laughs> so because of that, all they have to do is get the things they're already good at right again. And I think that that's exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think the games at least give them more room to experiment and create more of a personal connection with the characters for people that might not... I don't know. I want to say it could appeal to people who aren't a fan of the MCU, but from what I can tell, especially about Guardians of the Galaxy, it, the characters do feel very derivative of their MCU counterparts. That part's really strange, because one of the biggest complaints levied against the Avengers game is that all of the characters sort of looked like a Royal Crown Cola knockoff <laughs> of the uh, MCU actors. And Guardians of the Galaxy, it's semi- similar only they actually have like custom outfits for all the characters so that they wear the clothes that they wear in the gardens of the galaxy movies mm-hmm. but i that one's interesting in that the characterizations in the guardians game certainly do feel a lot closer to the writing in the guardians of the galaxy movie that's kind of touching on what i'm saying is especially with avengers too it's like you know they they kind of have the same personality tropes as their movie counterparts but the movie versions have like popular attractive charismatic actors playing them that is what makes them work you know like people like chris hemsworth he's funny they know what to expect from thor when they're when he's playing him so when you try to replicate that with somebody who isn't who doesn't have that same star power you really need to get the writing down i i think that broad writing the Marvel games have done a okay job, mm-hmm. but specific writing. I think that the Spider-Man games have absolutely excelled at capturing a comic book feeling Spider-Man. And I think that the Guardians of the Galaxy game has captured a Guardians of the Galaxy comic book feeling set of characters. But the Avengers game tried too hard to appeal to everybody and so it sort of came off as blander than I think they expected. Do you see the Avengers improving with its new updates? Do you think it's... I don't know if you've played anything new after Black Panther came out and everything, but, like, could you see Black Panther and Spider-Man and all of the new expansions they plan on releasing? Can you see that reviving the game and making it something worth playing? Or is it just a lost cause at this point? I mean, it's hard for me to marry myself to an opinion because, Mm -hmm. I mean, for the longest time, 
Final Fantasy XIV was regarded as just an absolute dead fish of a game. And then the developers put in so much time and effort that they rebuilt it from scratch, basically. And now it's incredibly popular. And I'm not going to say that it's impossible that the Avengers game... I mean, they're working with such an excellent, just core set of options. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, play a big semi-MMO starring Marvel characters. That's hard to not market as a cool idea. But I think that it's going to take a lot of effort, and I'm not sure if the developers are going to be willing to put in the money that it would cost to make those fixes. I don't, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's even worth it, because they've tarnished, like, even Fallout 76, not to go on an unrelated tangent, but that game was a disaster at launch. I don't think most people will disagree with that, but the general consensus I'm hearing now is that it's it's actually kind of well-liked these days. Because they mostly fixed it and got things back to what people sort of expected to begin with. And while it's still far from perfect, it's at least playable now. And, like, people, there are fans of it, but that bad taste that left in people's mouth when it launched is never really going to go away. Like, they would have had to do something remarkable, like what Final Fantasy XIV did, to completely rebrand it and show people, look, we made a brand new product that is exactly what we had promised you originally. Here it is. And I honestly, just knowing what I know about... It's ironic, because this is also technically a Square Enix property, but just as a publisher, not a developer. So that's why they're the exception. I don't see Avengers doing that. Especially since they're they're continuing to add on new content to the same baseline already. They're not changing the benchmark. They're just adding more to the same product. And the product isn't changing. and it's... I think the core that they're building off of is flawed enough inherently that it's going to be a hard sell to really maintain that game for longer than another couple years. Yeah, I mean, I think I read something like 80% of the player base fell off after just a few months of its release or something like that. And it went on sale on Steam, like not even a month after it came out. I remember seeing opening up Steam sales and I was like, Avengers is on sale for like 25% off and it just came out. That's not a good look when that happens. So I definitely I definitely think that the the taste in people's mouths about that is is already there. And I think it's going to be hard to wash that out no matter what they do to it. In fact, in some ways, especially with the Spider-Man thing and the licensing with that, it might only make it worse. People who are already bitter about the game being what it is, who don't play it on PlayStation, are just going to be more inclined to abandon it now that they know they're not going to get a giant chunk of content. That's kind of how I'm seeing things right now. I, I didn't I didn't want to go too much about Wolverine because we know pretty much nothing about it other than the cinematic trailer, but it is made by the same developers, Insomniac Games, and from what I can tell is meant to be a PlayStation exclusive, so who knows if that's going to end up being tied into Spider-Man. It'd be cool if it is. That would be a weird crossover. It would be a weird crossover. I don't I don't know. I feel like it'll be nothing more than passing references, if anything. But I'm excited to see what they do with that. I don't know how a Wolverine game might play, but I'm looking forward to finding out more in the future. But that feels like it's still a few years off. So we'll revisit that once we know more about it. I think this would be a good place to cap things off. Thanks for coming on with me. This is the first time I've had a guest on the show, so... Maybe we'll make this a normal thing. You might have room to come back soon if you wanted to, but 
That being said, I'm also open. I'm taking suggestions. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, my Twitter handle is ZachRTheGreat, Z-A-K-A-R-TheGreat, all one word. You can find me on there. Odin, if you want to plug yourself for anything. Oh, gosh. Uh, my Twitter is at OdinRasco, O-D-I-N-R-A-S-C-O. And you can also listen to my radio show Thursdays at 8 p.m. on KSSU.com, where I usually have uh, mental health problems and play music. <laughs> Perfect.